You're tuned into More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcast live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator, and he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for over 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Hello, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. You're listening to News Talk 98.7 WOKI. You know, forgetfulness is sometimes thought of as just a symptom of aging. You know, forgetting where you left your keys or if you turned off the oven. Unfortunately, forgetfulness can sometimes be a symptom of something much more serious. November is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. With more than 6.5 million Americans over age 65 that have Alzheimer's and half a million more diagnosed each year, it can be a devastating disease to be diagnosed with and a tremendous burden for the caregivers whose loved ones have Alzheimer's. For those of us who followed Pat Summit's career, we were devastated to learn of her early onset Alzheimer's diagnosis in 2011. Of course, Pat was an integral part of UT Athletics and the greater Knoxville community. Her legacy on and off the court is really unparalleled. And shortly after her diagnosis, she launched the Pat Summit Foundation. So we have Adam Waller with us. He is Director of Operations at the Pat Summit Foundation. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to More Living. Good morning. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you. Uh, Adam, talk about your journey and how you came to be the Director of Operations at the Pat Summit Foundation. So I had the incredible opportunity to be a student manager for the women's basketball team while I attended the University of Tennessee. So um, it was there that I got to know Coach Summit and uh, Tyler very well and, and traveled with the team and went to practice every day. So um, after I graduated and, and moved on to the professional world, I got a call from Tyler in in April of 2011 while they were up at the Mayo Clinic and he told me that that Dr. Peterson who is one of the world's renowned uh, Alzheimer's doctors that she in fact had early onset dementia Alzheimer's type so um, you know we wrapped our our mind around that for a little bit and then we sat down and uh, we decided to start the Pat Summit Foundation to help uh, help those battling Alzheimer's, the caregivers. And here we are today, uh, over 10 years later, still fighting the fight. It's interesting, Adam, that Pat Summit started her foundation only a few months after receiving her diagnosis. Why do you think this was so important to her to start this so quickly? You know, she was always a, a, a student or a learner, so, um, you know, she knew there needed to be a face for this disease because for so long, people just hit it and, and stepped away from life. But she wanted to take it head on and turn lemon into lemonade. And, um, you know, 
make sure that the caregivers got the focus they needed, make sure the patients got the care they needed, make sure there's just awareness and education that it's, it's okay to have this disease. There's nothing you can do to stop it. So, um, you know, her, her famous things were just keep on keeping on. So we started the foundation and, and we're doing our best every day to keep her legacy alive and, and make sure we're carrying on, uh, carrying her mantle for what she wanted to do, battle the disease. You know, Alzheimer's is kind of the headline diagnosis you hear about with dementia. There are other kinds of dementia. My father, Adam, who actually knew Coach Summit, uh, because he was the Love general it. counsel at the University of Tennessee for 25 years. Actually, believe it or not, he wrote her first contract as the University of Tennessee wow. coach, believe it or not. He authored that contract as general counsel. Yeah, it's quite a story. But he wow. had vascular uh. dementia, which is a different type, but the reality is there are many, many different kinds of dementia. What are some of the misconceptions about memory disorders? Um, you know, I don't want to get too far in the weeds on medical stuff because that's why we started the Pat Summit Clinic to, to really bolster uh, the, the care people can get. Um, but there are a number of types of, of dementias, but, you know, that's it's, it's so important to seek medical care because sometimes it's, you know, forgetfulness just because you're on medications that have side effects. So there's, you know, other issues that aren't going to be a, a form of dementia. So it's important as soon as you um, suspect something might be wrong, go see a specialist and make sure, you know, you're giving it the attention. And, and I know you, you've said in the intro that, you know, losing keys and other stuff that's forgetfulness. One thing that a doctor once told me, it's not necessarily losing your keys is when you have a problem. It's when you have your keys and you don't know what to do with them. And that, that stuck with me all these years um, in terms of one way to look at it. Um, so, you know, again, it's, there, it's not necessarily a dementia if you're having forgetfulness, but it's, it's also important to, to seek that medical advice when you think you, you know, have it. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's critical. There are different things that can lead to that. I know stress and anxiety can have an impact on all of those things. So getting a diagnosis and Absolutely. getting treatment is so important. You know, Adam, Alzheimer's is a disease that is a brain disorder that slowly destroys memory and thinking skills and eventually the ability to carry out the simplest of tasks what are some of the signs of a serious memory disorder? You know, we, we talked about forgetfulness, um, not knowing what to do with your keys, um, not being able to complete the daily tasks you're used to, um, and, and just forgetfulness. So, uh, like I said, it's, it's just important to realize you may have an issue and, and get that medical care early so you can face this head on and, and make sure everything's in order if you do have a diagnosis of some form of dementia. Adam, you often hear about changes in mood or personality when it comes to Alzheimer's or dementia. Do scientists know what causes the agitation that can sometimes come with that? No, it's different for each person, you know, and, and as we watch Coach Summit progress, through her disease, 
there wasn't that side. But then at the same time, you talk to some loved ones who have their patient removed from facilities because they get so agitated. And I suspect some of it has to do with, you know, not knowing where you are and, and forgetting things and not recognizing who's caring for you. And I can only imagine what that's like in the mind of an Alzheimer's or, or other dementia uh, patient, you know, just not knowing. And I can understand the frustration that comes with that. But like I said, it affects different people in totally different ways. Adam, um, I know you're not a doctor because you're, you know, you're helping run the Pat Summit Foundation, but I do want to ask you just a few questions about the disease. And if you're uncomfortable answering any of these, just say so. But what, what should someone do if they suspect that a loved one has some signs of a memory disorder? Um, either meet with their primary care physician and get a referral if that's needed. And if, if they're here locally, um, obviously call the Pat Summit Clinic at UT Medical Center and, and ask for a evaluation. And, and the great thing about the Pat Summit Clinic versus a lot of other options, it's a one-stop shop. It, it's a multidisciplinary um, clinic where you can and meet with the neurologist, meet with the, the social workers, meet with the psychologist, get all your brain scans done right there in the clinic and not have to bounce around to different offices to, to get all the attention that you need. So, yeah, Adam, talk to us a little bit about the, the mission of the Pat Summit Foundation. So when we started, we wanted to focus on a few things, one of them being awareness and education, because like I said before, a lot of people just didn't want to talk about it. They just wanted to act like everything was okay and just kind of pull away from life and just, stay home and, and not admit that they had a memory issue. And Coach wanted to really let people know that you don't have to live that way. You can still continue to live your life um, even as the disease progresses. And I think she showed that by staying on as the head coach for the Lady Vols uh, one more season and even still attending games and doing different functions and events for the foundation um, up until she wasn't able to anymore. But, you know, so – um, awareness was a huge part in education. Another huge part was caregiver support. You know, there's um, over 450,000 caregivers in the state of Tennessee alone caring for 120,000 patients here in Tennessee. So making sure those caregivers got the support they needed, and we can talk a little bit more about what we're working on in, in that um, area in a little bit. Then also to help find a cure. And that's why we teamed up with UT Medical Center in 2015 to announce the Pat Summit Clinic at UT Medical Center. So um, once that announcement was made, we went to tour other Alzheimer's facilities, uh, clinics throughout the country, and, and got together with some architects and the staff at UT Medical Center and designed a state-of-the-art facility um, there on, on the UT Medical Center campus. Then we started a, a search for um, the best medical director we could find, and we found a great one in Dr. Fernandez at the University of Virginia. So, um, you know, that, those are the three focus areas was, was research, caregivers, and awareness and education. 
We're visiting with Adam Waller. He is the Director of Operations for the Pat Summit Foundation. November is National Alzheimer's Awareness Month. When we come back, I want to get a little bit more into how we deal with our loved ones as they encounter some of these issues. Are there things we can do to prevent Alzheimer's? What does the latest research say? So please stay with us. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back. This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan. You can catch us every Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m., and again from 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, you can also catch all of our podcasts online. Go to BroganFinancial.com and click on radio. November is National Alzheimer's Awareness Month, and we're talking with Adam Waller. He is the Director of Operations for the Pat Summit Foundation here in Knoxville and really leading the way with Alzheimer's research, care, supporting caregivers, many of those things he just talked about. Uh, Adam, how can, you, you mentioned caregiver support, but in general for our loved ones, uh, how can we support someone who has received a dementia diagnosis or an Alzheimer's diagnosis specifically? Uh, I think the, the biggest thing to me is let, let them know that it's going to be okay. You're going to be there with them through the end and, and, help them continue to do the things they love. If they love to cook, help them cook. If they love to garden, get them outside and help them garden while they're still able to. But just let them know you're going to be there for them and, you know, make sure they're eating healthy and eating right and just going to be carrying on the best life they can while they still can. I think staying active. I mean, I would imagine, Adam, that the weight of that diagnosis must be really difficult. I, You know, I've got several clients who have been you know, over the last few years diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Um, but kind of what I'm hearing from you is just staying very, very active, both physically and mentally is so important. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and they always say a, a healthy diet and uh, exercise and, you know, keeping your mind sharp is ways to keep dementias at bay. But, you know, there's there's a genetic component to it as well. And, you know, that's something you can't change with, with diet and exercise. But, you know, you can do everything you can to make sure you do everything you can to keep it at bay. Um, you know, Coach worked out every day. She ate healthy. She was sharp as a tack, always, um, you know, scouting different teams and learning, speaking to, you know, different groups. But, you know, it, it just shows you that, it doesn't care who you are, or what kind of lifestyle you live. It's, it, you know, it doesn't discriminate. So, but just, you know, like like we said, try to stay active and eat healthy and and uh, live a, a positive lifestyle. You know, you mentioned genetics. We know we can that that can play a big role in determining the diseases we develop. You know, recently Chris Hemsworth, the actor who plays Thor in the Marvel movies discovered he has a heightened risk of developing Alzheimer's due to a specific gene mutation. In the different research that's being done and developed, what can you say about this gene or, or other factors 
how big of a predictor is that? If we have the gene, does that mean we will get Alzheimer's? I'd imagine no, but can you just talk to us a little bit about some of the research? I'm familiar with the gene, and I know you can be tested, and it, it I believe, doubles your chances of acquiring or contracting Alzheimer's disease. Um, and, and there's a big debate over whether I don't know if ethical is the word, but a big debate whether you should even be getting the test because there's nothing you can do to stop it. You know, there's no there's no cure. So um, that's a big debate on, on the genetic testing. Um, in, in terms of research, unfortunately, there's a there's a ton of money going into research, and there's not a, a promising um, lead out there right now. I know there was a, a Biogen study that was a – very um there was a high hope that it would would help um battle alzheimer's disease and, and re, you know regression of, of memory loss but it, it turned out to not be that promising either and part of the study was done at ut um, there was i think 10 or so sites around the world and ut medical center was one of the sites where they had to do infusions in the office for these patients and it was ultimately approved by Medicare and the U.S. government, but they may have pulled it back. I'm not sure because the cost to administer it was tens of thousands of dollars annually. So it was now. Is that the, well when received. we heard last, you know, when we heard a little over a year ago about the Alzheimer's drug, is that what we're talking about there? I, I believe so. That's about the right time frame. But you know, I, there was there were people in the government who didn't think it should have been approved, but it was somehow approved anyways. And like I said, it was you know, $50,000 or so a year just to administer the drug. And it showed very little impact on slowing the progression of the disease. So um, I, I don't even think it's being administered at the Pat Summit Clinic. So, um, you know, there, there are some drugs that they prescribe to patients early on. And, you know, there's tangles and plaques inside the brain. So that the drugs that you're taking initially eventually um stop working because as the mem as the disease progresses um it, it just doesn't work so the, the amyloid plaque is what it tries to prevent from um developing in the brain but you know it it, it works for a year or two and then the drugs become obsolete and there's really not much else out there that uh, is being done, unfortunately, to show it has um, any any results, unfortunately. So, in the world of Alzheimer's research, that's the that's pretty much the biggest extent of it. Yeah, I mean, like like I mentioned, the, the tangling of the towel. They're trying they're trying to figure out exactly what causes the amyloid plaque and the the towel to um, the tau protein to um, just get into the brain and just stop the brain waves from communicating and, and they're just not there yet unfortunately adam um what about things we can be doing when we're younger uh i guess there's really nothing definitive but are there things we should be doing to let for lack of a better phrase exercise our brains um how can we feed our brain better with our nutrition is there it, it, or is it all just speculation and nothing really scientific has really led to much there 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 may be some scientific out there but you know it's also important to 
you know, blood flow is a huge part of the brain and, you know, closely linked to heart health um, is, is keeping your cholesterol down, your blood pressure where it should be, um, you know, and, and just eating right. What you put in your body is what you are. So, um, and, and I'm not one to talk because I don't have the best eating habits, but um, if, if you eat better, you're going to have a better quality of life, better, a better healthy um, approach to it, and it's going to, you know, allow that blood flow to continue to run through your, your brain appropriately and hopefully put you in a better position to not um, develop Alzheimer's or another dementia. Yeah, I guess then you see somebody like Pat Summit, who was, you know, by all accounts, a picture of health. It just shows you that, that in many cases, things like Alzheimer's, cancer, you know, there are just certain things out there that are just non-discriminatory. But that doesn't mean there aren't things we can be doing to improve our chances, right? I mean, with, well, you know, whether it's reducing, inflama you know, in, yeah, reducing inflammation in the body, increasing blood flow. Yeah, all, all those things help. And, and there's been studies that say a glass of wine a day, you know, is a benefit. And there's the study a week later that says a glass of wine a day is negative. So, you know, it, it's it's all out there, but it's an absolute fact that you need to, you know, have a healthy body, whether it's through healthy relationships, doing different, you know, puzzles and, and whatnot to keep your brain sharp, um, always be learning, always be eating the best you can and exercising. Those, those are the three things that I, I don't think can hurt at all. November is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. We're visiting with Adam Waller, who's Director of Operations for the Pat Summit Foundation. And when we come back, we want to talk a little bit more about supporting caregivers and the different burdens that they bear. Uh, and then we want to talk a little bit more about Pat Summit's legacy and then most, maybe just as importantly, how you could may, maybe get involved in supporting the Pat Summit Foundation and Alzheimer's research. So stay with us. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. As you listen to News Talk 98.7 WOKI. You can catch us every Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m., and again from 3 to 4 p.m., also, catch all of our podcasts online. Go to broganfinancial.com and click on radio. You know, as we age, forgetfulness becomes a big thing that we deal with and understanding the difference between typical forgetfulness and when we may have signs of something a little bit more serious. Uh, it's a big, big issue, as many of you that listen to this show are. I, I think most of us have been affected by somebody that has some type of dementia. I know my dad had vascular dementia, which was caused by many strokes, so a different type of dementia than Alzheimer's and different characteristics, but in, you know, ultimately diseases of the memory. And it's difficult to watch our loved ones go through all that. Uh, we're visiting this morning with Adam Waller. He is the vice, he, excuse me, the director of operations of the Pat Summit Foundation as November's Alzheimer's Awareness Month. You know, Adam, for many aging Americans, being diagnosed with dementia, as I mentioned in that last segment, 
can be one of the scariest prospects that can affect their retirement. Now, much of the caregiving falls on the spouse or potentially on the adult children. And it's not only a financial burden, it's a very emotional undertaking that can be overwhelming. Talk a little bit about resources that are available, available or support groups for those individuals. There are support groups um, hosted throughout East Tennessee by Alzheimer's Tennessee, um, and they have some good resources on their website um, for those. I know COVID messed with those a little bit, and they, they had to go virtual. There's also a 24-hour um, support line that's hosted by the Alzheimer's Association. If you're in the middle of the night having issues, you call them, and I believe they have master um, licensed clinical social workers available 24-7 to help you with, with anything you're dealing with, like I said, middle of the night, early in the morning, when, whenever. Um, and, and I go back to the clinic. When you take a loved one to the clinic as, as they're being interviewed by the doctors and having tests performed, you're going to meet with other people. Like I said, licensed social workers in the clinic are going to help you get all your ducks in a row. And, and one thing at the, at the foundation that we've noticed is, is somewhat lacking is, is support for caregivers and to help them get their legal affairs in a row, to help them get their financial affairs in a row, to help them understand the best diet possible for their loved one. Um, how do you Alzheimer's proof your home? Um, so we're in the process of working on a fully online program that's going to hopefully touch anything and everything that a loved one needs to learn about once someone has been diagnosed with dementia in their family. Um, so those resources are coming. We're working with the University of Tennessee on this incredible um, program, and uh, hopefully we'll have more to announce about that here in just a few months. Now, in addition to being National Alzheimer's Awareness Month, November is National Family Caregivers Month. So you've received, you being Pat Summit Foundation, has received grants to be able to support caregiver training. Can you talk a little bit about those grants, and, and is that specifically what you were just referring to in terms of the support programs? That, that's, that's part of it. We're, we're creating this caregiver program. So we raise money, and we grant the money out. Um so we give, give money to the Pat Summit Clinic every year to help them function and keep the doors open. We also um, give $250,000 of, of grants to people across the state um, to help with caregivers, and we can discuss that in just a minute. Um, then we're also doing some other strategic grants throughout um, – the southeast. I know we're getting ready to announce a grant in Kentucky, and there's going to be one in, in uh, one down in Louisiana, I believe. So we just have some really cool things going on. But but like getting back to the um, <clears throat> caregiver program, we will have that uh, have that hopefully up and running in the next six months or so to really allow a loved one to sit at home while their their dementia patient is getting some rest, and they can help. Um, you know, learn more about how to, you know, navigate this terrible diagnosis. Is there respite support, you know, so that the, you know, the caregiver can have some time away? 
There, there is um, two two programs that we are thrilled to support. One is called Our Place, and it's an adult daycare center out in Telico Village in Loudoun County, and it just opened up because as the population in Telico Village and in Loudoun County and Monroe County, as they age, there's going to be a higher demand. You know, the caregiver may still be working full-time, and they need help with with their loved one that has dementia. So you can take your loved one there and drop him off for the day, and they, they get great care. They get food, and they interact with the other, other people at the, the adult daycare center. There's also a great one in Farragut at Concord United Methodist Church called Cades. And they've been around for a number of years, and they're the gold standard because they do such an awesome job. So there, there is the full-time caregiving. There's part-time caregiving. There's, you know, half days. There's one day a week. So there, there are options out there, and there's several others around town um, where people can get, get some of that care. And I know there's also memory care facilities um, throughout East Tennessee that offer respite care. Um, so and I know Shaz provides that service as well where they'll come to your home if you need to you know have them come over for three hours a week so you can do your grocery shopping or go to the doctor's office or haircuts or whatever it may be there are different um opportunities for you to to get that help for sure you know i know as we age we know social interaction adam is so important and one thing I've noticed, you know, people don't want to lose their independence. My father was this way. It was hard to get him to agree to go into a facility where he could have more support, also more social interaction. And I think it's a natural thing as people age. They want to stay where they are. They feel most comfortable and are most aware of things. But can you just touch quickly on the, so, the importance of social interaction because to me, that's such a big benefit of a lot of these retirement communities, even the ones that have progressive, you know, levels of care and housing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it just stimulates the brain, and, and it does no good to sit at home on a couch in front of a television all day, and, and you're going to lose your ability to interact with people, lose those social skills, and that's just going to um, – make it a worse and worse situation when it, if and when they make it to a facility because they're not used to interacting with people. So that's where we talk about the aggression and, and behavior um, before. It, it's a more scary environment. So I think it's really important to keep keep them, you know, outgoing and interacting with people. And, you know, not a ton of people, maybe big crowds would be scary. But if it's as simple as going to a park and sitting on a bench and going for a walk and seeing people and saying hi, just get them out there and let them know they can still live versus just shutting them down. Yeah, it's so important. Adam, when I think of, you know, if you say Lady Vols, probably the very first thing I think about is Pat Summit. And I think many people that's the case. Can you tell us all about the We Back Pat games? Yeah, so we were very lucky. Once Coach was diagnosed, um, the University of Tennessee came up with the We Back Pack campaign. They sold countless T-shirts, which raised hundreds of thousands of dollars, which went to different programs. And then from there, the SEC, Southeastern Conference, picked up and ran with it. Um, Leslie Claybrook was the um, head of women's basketball for the SEC at that time. And, and We Back Pack Week was established. 
and this year will be our 11th or 12th, I believe our 11th year um, hosting We Back Pack Games. Maybe our 12th year. It's all running together. Um, so, and, and ESPN has stepped up in a big way. We'll have 15 or 20 games broadcast nationwide on ESPN, ESPN Plus, SEC Network. And they're not all um, just SEC games this year. I know the Texas Baylor game will be one of the games. Um, we'll have it on our website. Um, for people to be able to see what games are we backpack games they'll have some really cool materials played during the games and it's, it's an incredible awareness opportunity for the foundation just to highlight what we're doing and what pat meant and still means to the women's basketball game because she shared a big impact on on you know basketball and, and women's sports in general it's, it's incredible what she was able to accomplish during her time at ut yeah, her legacy really transcends sport. It, frankly, it's just a much bigger impact. Absolutely. Adam, how Absolutely. can someone get involved in the Pat Summit Foundation, either through as a volunteer or to make a donation? You can always visit um, patsummit.org backslash donate. That's two M's and two T's in Summit, so patsummit.org backslash donate. Um, there's also um events that we host throughout the year we this past year we had a really cool pickleball tournament for the first year that was a big hit that we'll have in the spring we have several golf tournaments throughout the area we have one in knoxville in october we'll have one in chattanooga in april one in nashville in june so we have those and then there's um the pharmacy school at the university of tennessee medical center hosts a a four mile race course on or near campus Every September slash October, there's a really um, a large race called the Forgive Me Not 5K in Farragut in April. So if you go to our website, uh, patsummit.org, you can learn about the different events to attend. And we do need some volunteers for different events, so you're welcome to email us. Um, the email address is contact us at patsummit.org to, um, to, to check in on volunteer opportunities. So that's patsummit.org, two M's, two T's in Summit, patsummit.org. Adam, thank you so much for time, for taking, excuse me, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. Happy to do it, and um, that people are welcome to email if they have any questions or concerns, if they need help getting um, into the clinic, we're happy to help connect them with the clinic. So, yeah, thanks for having us, and, and thanks for helping us highlight the great work at the foundation and, and what an awesome person Coach Summit was. Absolutely, and thank you for all that you're doing. That's Adam Waller. He is Director of Operations at the Pat Summit Foundation as we, uh, we observe Alzheimer's Awareness Month here in November. When we come back, we're going to have our dollars and cents segment, Do You Need a Trust? A very general question with some specific answers that I get asked a lot in my office and when I'm out and about doing education in the community. So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Broken. And that was a great visit with Adam Waller, the Director of Operations for the Pat Summit Foundation. If you missed part of that, you can catch that on our podcasts. Uh, we'll have them up by Tuesday afternoon. You can go to broganfinancial.com and click on radio. 
It is time now for Dollars and Cents. Want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement? For all the years of your retirement? That's the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan and our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now, here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents tip. Do you need a trust? Or as I get asked very, very often, Jim, do I need a trust? Do we need a trust? And it's a very general question that is rather intricate in, in, below the surface. And so to answer that question, I'm going to put it in a couple of different ways. You know, there could be one of two different ways generally, you know, people are speaking about when they say, do I need a trust? One is, do you need a trust before you pass? And the other is, do you need a trust after you're gone? And those are really two completely different things. Usually when I hear, Jim, do we need a trust, more often than not is dealing with what happens to your assets when you are gone. And the reason you would leave assets into a trust usually is for some level of protection, whether it's to protect the kids against themselves, you know, where they cannot access the money too quickly. You know, you could live, leave a kid too much money too soon. You could really hurt them, ruin their life, their lives. Um, so a lot of times it's for that reason. Sometimes it's for creditor protection. Maybe you have a child that's a doctor and you want those assets to be protected. Or if it's a large estate, you may want to be protected from, you know, the in-laws because in-laws can become outlaws. What if your daughter gets a divorce? So protection, if you have a disabled child and you don't want them to be disqualified for government benefits, you know, if you leave them too much money, if, they, if their needs tested benefits, they could be disqualified. But if you leave it in trust, it's a different story. So usually it's for some sort of reduction in access or for some kind of control. You know, it could be control for your spouse if your spouse were to remarry or if you're in a second marriage. So control, restricted access. But that's for when you're gone. The other reason sometimes people will, will ask that question, do I need a trust, is referring to setting that trust up now. And what they're really asking is how the assets are administered upon their death. Uh, and usually what that's getting to is if you create a living trust and, and put your assets in the living trust, then they would go directly to your heirs after you're gone. And those are really two different things. So that's an important thing to answer because if, you're, if your concern is what happens to the money for your kids or your heirs and you want either restrictions or control or protection, then that really has nothing to do with whether you would have a trust now. And so having a trust now, the number one thing that comes up is the, issue, the, the difference between will-based planning and trust-based planning. In a will-based plan, the will, when you pass away, will create the trust. But if it's going through the will and then going into the trust for your heirs, that means it will go through probate. Probate in Latin means prove the will. 
Trust-based planning is where you put everything in the trust now or you name the trust as a direct beneficiary and then it bypasses probate and directly goes into that trust upon your death. But that's really a different mechanism at all uh, entirely. That's talking about how your estate gets administered upon your death. Does it take time? Is it private? Does it cost money? All of those questions. So there are two different things. Now, the, the other thing that could come up with a trust now is you might create a trust now and make irrevocable gifts. It could be to benefit someone else. It could be to benefit a charity or a church. You might do that to provide benefits for you now in addition to tax benefits that eventually would be passed either to your loved ones or to the church or charity. But those are really more complicated things. So normally when I am asked, Jim, do I need a trust? It's really about how the estate is going to be administered when you pass away. Will there be a probate process? And then the second part of that is, do you want some sort of protection or restrictions or control of those assets upon your death? So ultimately, these are important estate planning considerations that should be coordinated with all of your professionals, including your financial pl planning, your estate planning, and your tax planning. That's our Dollars and Cents segment for this week. You can find this week's Dollars and Cents segment and others by visiting broganfinancial.com. Do check us out at broganfinancial.com. We've got lots of resources. You can click on resources. We've got some complimentary guides that you can download, including five steps to securing a financial plan. Uh, you can also click on our blog that we publish every week. You can also listen to all of our podcasts of the radio show as well as my dollars and cents segments by clicking on radio. Again, that's at broganfinancial.com. This week we've talked about dementia and Alzheimer's research because greater health provides for more living so you can live the best years of your life your way. Thank you to Chris for engineering the show. Thank you to Jill for helping produce the show. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.